So I was listening to this podcast that was going over kind of the study of religion in the United States and how do people define church? And unfortunately, it's all over the board. Uh, very popular in the United States is what's called therapeutic religion, where it's about, no offense, the center of religion is you. And that's actually really popular in the United States, where they're talking to one woman, and the woman's, her, her name is Sheila. And they say, well, do you believe in church? And she says, yes, I believe in church. She says, I belong to the church of Sheila, and I practice Sheilaism. Um, and so they said, well, what is Sheilaism? And she says, well, God's in me, and I just listen to that voice inside of me, and it's me and Jesus. And that's Sheilaism. But here's the odd part. That's very popular. A lot of people say, oh, I'm very religious. But they practice a form of Sheilaism. Or the other one that's popular is, um, it sounds kind of strange. Have you ever heard of church planting? Okay, a couple of people. So church planting is really interesting. So what they do, there's this company, and it looks for really charismatic uh, uh, personalities. And they don't care what, you can have no theological education. They don't care about your education. They don't care about your creed or what you believe. All they care about is that you are a charismatic person. And they come and they say, well, we will help fund you to buy land, build a big church, and a large part of the profit has to go to music because it's all about the music. Um, and then when you, and it's all about money too, when you, when you start the church, you have to really push and um, give us 10% of everything you earn. And so really, I hate to say this, it's about the money. And when the guy, most of them earn hundreds of thousands of dollars, and when he gets enough money, uh, he retires. And the whole thing collapses. Um, there's not devotion to the community. It's not devotion to a creed. It's devotion to some fast-talking person with a lot of music. Um, and usually those things pop up and then fall down, and pop up and fall down. Um, but the center of it is really not a creed or even each other. Because as soon as the guy leaves, they all fall apart. And so that's one. But in the Bible, this sounds kind of strange. If you look at definitions of church in the Bible, like one definition right from the beginning of the Bible is what is religion? Church is supposed to make us one family. So in the Garden of Eden, humanity was designed to be this loving family as God is a father. Then outside the Garden of Eden, we're all fighting against each other. And then God starts with Abraham. And what God wants most is a family. God wants us to look at each other as brothers and sisters. God wants us to fall in love with each other. And so he chooses the family of Abraham. And the Jews, the Jews were supposed to go out and make the entire world one family. Kind of failed, so um, the Christ would resurrect this. So I just mentioned this because the image of church is not just belief in God, Sheilaism, or not just following, you know, something charismatic. It's actually God is our Father, we learn to love each other. Or the vine and the branches. Christ is the vine, we're all the branches, but we're all one. We're all connected together. 
we become a community united in Christ. Or Jerusalem. The idea of church is the new Jerusalem, where um, church is like a city. And in the Hebrew, it says, of compact unity, where Christ, sorry, God is a king, and all of us live in compact unity with each other. It's God and community, not Shilaism. They're not just pop-up. And I mention that because, believe it or not, that's kind of the theme of today's readings of Christ sends out the 72 on this mission to create community in the world, to bring us, humanity, back to one family. And it's hidden in there, so I'm just going to explain it. You know, remember, Christ had the 12 apostles, but he had a lot more apostles. No, no, he had 12 apostles, but he had more disciples. He had hundreds of disciples. So he has the 12 as leaders, but then he sends the 72 out, two by two. So what does that mean? Two by two, think of Noah's Ark. Two by two means community. Christ sends out little bits of community all throughout the world. And the number 72, now every number in the Bible means something. So two means relationship, community. Um, 72 and 70 have this exact same meaning. So don't think like an engineer. Um, 70 and 70, oh, it's, hey, I got a lot of engineers in my family, actually. It's something that we just deal with. Um, no, it's, hey, we all have problems. Um, but 70 and 72 mean the exact same thing. I'm not going to explain it. But so what does the number 72 mean in the Bible? Because it keeps coming up over and over. God keeps using the same numbers. So just, does anybody know what 72 symbolizes? So think about this. In, at the, in Genesis... Uh, before the um, Tower of Babel, there are 72. There's one family with 72 nations. So 72 means the family of mankind, you know, all over the world. In Noah's Ark, Noah has three children, and they're the founders of 72 nations. So 72 symbolizes, and it keeps coming up over and over again. Uh, 72 symbolizes all the world as one huge family. So the fact that it, he sends 72 out, it means our little bits of community spread throughout the world, we're supposed to make return the world, remap the world as one big family. Notice how it says he sends them to every place he intended to visit. So one place Christ intended to come is Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls and even Montana. That um, God sends these little bits of community, St. Pius, and we're supposed to, in this little corner of the world, create true community where we look at each other as brothers and sisters. That's the mission. And I have to admit, I, I love that. And notice, this sounds kind of strange. Uh, there's, he sends people out, but the first time he sends them out in today's gospel, it's to preach the kingdom of God and peace. Bring peace and healing and preach the kingdom of God, that we're all one family. Later, he's going to preach, send them out, really, to preach Christ. But notice, the first mission is not to preach Christ. It's not to go to people and say, you must accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Um, the first mission is to create community, true community. That should really shock you. Um, 
That's our mission. Part of our mission of St. Pius is we want to enfold the world back to the original plan of God that all humanity is united as brothers and sisters, that we love each other. And then Jesus gives these really strange instructions, like you can wear sandals, you, have, you, can, you should wear sandals, because that means you're on a mission. That's what the sandals mean. But don't carry a purse, no money, because church is not about money. And no bag. What does that no bag mean? Well, what that really means is no baggage. And I hate to say this, a lot of time religion carries a lot of baggage. Where we really don't follow Christ. We follow Christ by the rules that we make up. That's not church, that's not our mission. And then he even says a strange thing, greet no one along the way. That should strike you as strange because in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is the most friendly. He's like an Italian. He is super friendly. And his favorite word, it, well, I say Italian because you know what Jesus does mostly in the Gospel of Luke? Please get this. What does Jesus mostly do? Yeah. Drinks, eats, and tells stories. My God, that's Italian. Um, and... <laughs> He loves to greet people. His favorite word is hospitality. He uses it over and over again. So when he sends a church out on a mission to create community, why does he say, greet no one along the way? And the reason why is um, in that time period, there's all these social norms and procedures. When you greet somebody, it depends upon their age and all this other stuff. All these social conventions you have to follow. Well, Jesus is saying, don't follow those social conventions. You have a mission. Don't be sidetracked with a lot of made-up rules or social convention. And I hate to say this. Religion does that all the time, and then you call yourself religious, but you made those rules up. Um, this one person, I know him. He's a really good egg. But in his parish, he just makes up and imposes all these rules. So his first day in the parish, he tells the women of the parish, no sleeveless sundresses. Because, you know, that's in the gospel. Um, but I don't know. I guess Jesus hates sundresses. Um, really, that's not in the gospel. Or this other priest, I, he's not a bad person, but he tells people that you can wear shorts um, in July and August, but on August 30th, I guess you can't wear shorts anymore. And he, he goes over to this guy who really is in the last stages of life. He's on oxygen. He's, no offense, he's, he's going out. And he go, sees the guy in shorts, and now it's no longer August. Goes over to him and says, you shouldn't be wearing shorts. And then says to his granddaughter, and don't be ever wearing sleeveless uh, dresses again. Well, so sadly, the guy said uh, he's not coming back. He says, you know, I can barely breathe. I can barely breathe. He, he, he has trouble putting on pants. He's not staying around. So why are you fighting about the shorts? So when he says no baggage, when he sa Christ commands, listen, you travel light, no baggage. Don't let all those social conventions and made-up rules sidetrack our mission that we're supposed to fall in love with each other. Um, and like, that's a real gift to lose all that baggage. And like, I, I just came back from Montana, picked up my mother. Um, my family's originally from Montana, and I visited my 91-year-old aunt, who I just love. 
and all my aunts, they're probably a men, little mental illness there, um, but they love to laugh. They're one of the funniest group of women. They just laugh and tell stories and joke and laugh. And so my aunt at 91, she's always been a very classy lady, but she got um, propecia, alopecia, thank you. Propecia is something else. But anyhow, she got alopecia, which she lose, lost all her hair. And so I walked in, she's always been very classy, and she's there with lipstick and earrings, but she's just bald and like joyful. And she's, oh yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, if it's hot, I don't wear my wig. And she says, I don't care. And her joke is, at 91, I can do whatever I want. Um, so like, she just does whatever she wants and she's joyful. She actually went to the drive-in and it was hot. So she took off her wig and she doesn't care. She took off her wig, but she's wearing lipstick and earrings. And when she gets to the window, the guy says, sir, here's your, <laughs> he thought she was a drag queen. And like, what I find funny about my aunt, she, she just thought that was so funny. Like she has no insecurity. It's, at 91, she doesn't carry any baggage. Um, and even like my aunt, my, my mother and her other aunt, they went to Costco and um, my 91 year old dropped them off and then parked but my aunt and my mother couldn't see where her car was. So my aunt takes off her wig and starts to wave it. And like, they just broke up laughing. And if you're saying, why are you telling these stories? Because the thing I love about her is um, not just her joy, like she's sliding into the grave laughing. And yeah, 91, she has some medical problems, but she enjoys life. She just wants her community, like she loves Bridge because she loves her friends and her community. And the only time I saw her get mad is there's this guy who came over and he actually was starting some gossip. And so he asked some questions. My aunt, who usually is just joy, she says, why the hell are you asking that question? You're only asking that question because you're trying to divide us. It's the only time I saw her get angry when somebody was trying to divide the community. So when Jesus says, travel light and don't be carrying all this baggage, if we're gonna fulfill this mission of falling in love with each other, of having everybody see each other as brothers and sisters, then get rid of the baggage. Um, you know, don't allow people to divide our community. And so they, he gives these rules. And so he sends them out and when they come back, they're rejoicing. And they're rejoicing and said, you know, we have power. Because Jesus mentions about the snakes and the scorpions, the snake venom. What that means is snakes and scorpions are symbols of evil, if you remember. And the venom and the poison, that all the evil spirits in the world, the poison that divides us, united together, we're more powerful than, the, than that, than those. That we've been inoculated with Christ. So we are more powerful than that. They come back rejoicing that they're more powerful than evil spirits. And Jesus says, don't rejoice over that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That in heaven, it's an interesting thing, all the names of heaven are written in this book called the book of life, all those who are citizens. He says, don't rejoice that you have power. Don't, 
because church is not about power. Church is not about what you wear, not how much money you have or how much money the church has. It's not about power and money. And if it's about power, then that's just ego dressed up as religion again. So Jesus says, rejoice that you are citizens of heaven, that you belong into the place of true community. Heaven, if you remember, center of heaven is an altar. On the altar is the Lamb of God. And all the angels and saints, they are all united in love by feeding on the Lamb of God. They love each other. Rejoice that you belong to that true place of community. Don't rejoice that you have power. Or same thing in the first reading where it says, rejoice Jerusalem. When it says rejoice Jerusalem, Jerusalem is this image of true community. Now, isn't it the time? And the prophet Isaiah, he gives this prophecy that one day, Jerusalem, it's a symbol of heaven, that will we'll live in compact unity. That Jerusalem will be a place where we're all united together. Isaiah gives this vision, and the irony is they don't like the idea of a place where everybody loves each other. So they reject Isaiah. He becomes an outcast because they want community, but they want a community where some people are better than other people. Well, that's not the community of heaven. So when he says rejoice Jerusalem, um, yeah, we rejoice that we belong to the place of true community. Um, and I love that. Like, I, this sounds strange. So like, once when I was at Holy Apostle, my previous parish, I was walking to church and um, I was looking at the cars and I was looking at the cars of people that I work with and I was like, oh, they're here and they're here. And this sounds kind of strange. When I see their car, I'm like, oh, wow, great. Like, I'm happy that they're here. I get to see them. Um, and like, I was noticing who's there and I'm happy. And I, then the thought came, how many people have to go to work and they see somebody's car and think, oh, that idiot again? Like, what a blessed life that I get to be with all these people. Rejoice, because we know what true community is. It's not social convention or power or being entertained. It's not Sheilaism. Rejoice, because with, with Christ, we can truly love each other. So we're part of the 72. We're the two by two. We're supposed to be, our parish is supposed to be this place where we show the world what it means to return the world back to one family. And so give you a little bit of homework. Seriously, I'm serious about this. Every day I say one Hail Mary that I'll fall in love with my parishioners. And you know, the problem is, I'll tell you a secret about people. We're all crazy. Um, no, just not my aunts. We're all crazy. But you can love people, even if we're a little crazy. That doesn't stop it. So, I'm serious. Every day this week, pray one Hail Mary that we can fall in love with each other. We can fulfill the mission that Christ gave of when we look at each other, we look at each other as brothers and sisters. If we love each other, then St. Pius fulfills its mission of returning the earth back to one family. That's the mission of the 72.